Hello, my buds, my pals, my friends, new friends, old friends. How is everybody? Oh my goodness. Another week, eh? It's another Wednesday. Isn't that crazy? I feel like time is meaningless. It's <laughs> a dark way to start the pot off, but uh, I just feel like I don't I don't even know where the time goes. It's it's insane. It's crazy. Uh, but you know, another week means another wonderful guest here on One More Round. Uh, and this week is no different. We have Matt Kai Burmaster today on the pod. He is the co-founder of the Fearless app, uh, which is uh where you can watch inclusive films and series. Uh, it's a wonderful, amazing app that you can you can download on iOS or Android, uh, and they have a 14-day trial, and oh my gosh, this man is amazing. Um, he, oh my gosh, this man is amazing. I'm so happy to have met him. We met over Instagram, which seems to be a new thing for me. I'm really into social media. And on this episode, we talk his Fearless app and how he created it, what it's like, you know, running a business right now, especially a streaming service during um, quarantine and COVID-19. We also talk about um, um, film and television in Canada. And we also talk religion and queerness. Um, And it was a really, really interesting episode episode um you know I love meeting people who maybe have different differenting is that the right word differenting differentiating Uh, different um I'm having a really hard time with words this week uh I thought and this is embarrassing but I will tell it nonetheless um I was in a rehearsal today um with my second city cast and we were talking about the election in the United States and then I said well aren't we having an election here in Canada or or we're on the verge of having an election in Canada um because clearly I haven't been uh, reading the news which is bad and I need to do that um and I said well didn't Justin Trudeau pierogi the government and everyone looked at me like I was a fool because I was a fool. Uh, it's not pierogied. It is uh, prorogued. Um, which, you know, when somebody said it to me on the phone, it sounded like pierogied. And so I was like, well, that's weird. Why would they use pierogied? Um, and I was right. It was weird. And it is not the correct term. It is prorogued. See, I still don't know. I have a hard time with politics. I'm really trying to learn and keep up with all the terminology um, that goes on in the Canadian government. Um, And it is, there are a lot of words that I just uh, (laughs) have never heard before. So I'm learning. That is to say, that was very embarrassing. But also, um, back to Matt Kai, um, I love having people on who have obviously very different upbringings than I do, because um, everyone does, right? We as as humans have, we all are grow up differently. So it's really, really wonderful, interesting uh, uh, episode, and I'm very excited for you to hear it. Uh, and I, I, but but as usual, how was everyone's week? How how is everyone doing? Um, for me, I switched rooms with my roommate this week. Um, so because we're still kind of in you know that quarantine, working from home, and she has a bigger room, which was really nice of her to switch. So I got my room all set up. But it, it, in order to do it, I needed to get a few things, and I didn't want to buy a bunch of new stuff because I feel like we always buy stuff. I think I said this on the podcast last week. Um, so I've been looking on like Kijiji and Facebook marketplace. So I've been doing a lot of transactions, obviously very safe, socially distant as best, as best as you can masks, hand sanitizer, Lysol wipes, bleach it all. Um, but I have to say, I may not be good at, at, at purchasing secondhand things because I, 
get to the place with the person and I don't really look at the thing because I trust people too much. So like I have, I've gotten dinged a couple of times uh, with a few things in, in, in terms of like pricing and them saying the condition of things aren't as good as, as they originally uh, posted. And I'm bad at like being like, Hey, I, I would like to haggle with you now, please. <laughs> it's haggle, haggling. I'm not good at it. I tried one day and I was like, will you take 40 for it instead of 50? And they were like, no, hard 50. And I was like, okay, I'll take it still. Thank you for your time. Um, or like I sold the uh, table to this girl to uh, today and I normally, I guess people just drop it off, but I was like, I can help you set it up if you need me to, or I can bring it up to your apartment. Like just not, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm doing it right. Um, so if people know how to do buying things off of Facebook marketplace and Kijiji, right, please tell me (laughs) I'm trying so hard. Uh, (laughs) Ooh, I also started watching a brand new show this week that, um, I don't, it's not a brand new show. It's like, it's been out for a while, but I, I just started watching it called room one Oh four. Um, it's on crave TV. It is so good. It's by the Duplass brothers and it, it's like a, a short story, um, each episode is different, but it's all set in the same hotel room number. Um, so it like jumps over in time and place and, and characters and each episode's different. It's creepy and it's fun. Um, some of them are funny. Some of them are like intense. Um, I'm really, really loving it. So if you're looking for something new to watch, I suggest you watch that. Uh, Second City opens up this week. We start work. We had our first rehearsal today. Um, We're doing an improv show to start as we write a new show. Obviously, a lot of things are very, very different. Uh, You know, it'll be 50 people in the audience. Uh, We all have, we're all wearing masks. We were separated into different green rooms. Um, And so completely, we can't, you know, we have to social distance on stage as, as much as we can as well. We're not allowed to sing, which is going to be difficult for me. Uh, but I'm very interested to see how it goes and I'm so excited and they're taking all of the wonderful precautions for us and we feel very safe and also it's just so nice to see everyone again and start being creative with people again in person. I mean, we're, our rehearsals are over Zoom, um, which is fine and very fun uh, just to see everyone and have some time during the day to laugh and, and enjoy each other's company and I'm very excited um, to see how it goes. The show is called Safer, Shorter and Still So Funny, <laughs> which I think is a perfect title uh which um yeah so it's it's gonna be interesting I went to uh see my first indoor show because I was like I better prepare myself I went to see my best friend Tom Hearn in his wonderful solo show Gay Garbage oh it was such a blast uh it was really nice to be out comedy bar felt so safe uh the way the way their tables and everything is set up it was a really wonderful experience I had a great time um if you don't know Tom he was my first guest on the show and you should check him out he's incredible very wonderful queer performer and does like he's like his show title says a lot of gay garbage (laughs) I had a thought today Uh, my mom and I were talking on the phone um she's back home in New Brunswick which is where I'm originally from here in Canada and she was saying how a lot of people in New Brunswick don't wear masks because it's not mandatory and they kind of think, you know, like, whatever, like, there's no cases here, so we're safe and we're fine. Um, and I was like, what's wrong with a mask? I was like, it's pretty, it's not as hard as, as it looks, I guess. Um, but what I was thinking was, I was like, man, in the winter, it's going to actually be pretty great to have a mask on because that's the part that I always always feel is the coldest in this in the winter 
Um, which, speaking of the winter, I know I'm all over the place today, but here we are. Uh, this is it. Uh, I am so excited for the fall. I love fall. Everyone loves summer, and I love summer. I do. I appreciate summer a lot. I, there's just something about fall that is so magical and so wonderful and so fun. Um, the leaves change. It's something romantic about it. I love, like, I'm not a big pumpkin spice latte person, but I love pumpkins. Um I love like Thanksgiving and Halloween is my favorite holiday of all time. Halloween is my favorite time of the year. I love scary movies more than any movie ever. Scream is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, Like I watch it probably once a month. I just put it on. It's my like comfort film, which is strange because it's it's violent. But I don't know. As a as a kid, it really um, affected my love of film. Um, I think it's a perfect movie. And speaking of that, um, I'm going to say now, my friend Joel McMeekin and I are going to be starting a second podcast that is going to be coming out October 16th, we believe. It may be October 23rd, uh, but it's called So You Like Scary Movies, uh, where we talk about all of our favorite scary movies. It's going to be seasoned, so it's not going to be weekly, um, but I'm very excited about that. We have so much, uh, as we like to say, unuseful knowledge um, (laughs) uh, about horror and about the genre and about horror movies um, that we're so excited to be sharing with you. So check that out coming in October, just right in time for Halloween. And you know what time I think is just right right now? Is it time for my interview with Matt Kyber, Master? So here, let's go to that now. He is an LGBTQ film creator and the co-founder of the Fearless app, the streaming service for inclusive indie films and series, He's likely that random guy you saw rollerblading shirtless in neon yellow shorts in downtown, and he is proudly queer, lives with his partner and his cat Lady Mischief, and he is unapologetically a supporter of body positivity and mental health. Please welcome Matt Kai Burmaster. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. This is really exciting. I love that we, you're the second person I've had on this podcast that I've met through social media. Oh, Yeah. And yeah. the other person you met through uh, was a uh, chef Paul Lilicus. Okay, he's a he's a queer chef. For, he does like City Line and everything, and he just happened to follow me. And then I we chatted a little bit, and I was like, "Want to do this podcast?" <laughs> Amazing! And then we found each other through Instagram. So it's kind of I know. similar occasion, occurrence, not occasion. Occurrence, no. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess yeah, similar occurrence or occasion if we want to make a uh, you know a fun date of it. <laughs> Maybe it's just that I miss having occasions. Oh, maybe. Oh, yes, I know. I'm. I do too. I just. I just celebrated a birthday, and my girlfriend celebrated her thirtieth. Like we have, we're like ten days apart, and it's so weird to not like have a full like big fun shindig or like you know. I'm from the East Coast, so we love to have a good party, but it's so strange not to have that anymore right now. Anyway, I don't know about you. Like if you're still like social distancing. And yeah, I'm still social distancing for sure. I mean, I, I can't be too cautious. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I live with my husband as well, so we got to stay safe. So, yeah, you gotta, I know. And I've tried really hard to keep my bubble like as small as possible. So I don't, (laughs) I don't see people very often as much as I would like to, but I guess that's, that's the new world, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've interacted a little bit with like family and a couple friends, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I've kept right. my circle small as well. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, have you been Have you been doing a lot of like creative stuff during quarantine, or you've been kind of taking the time to chill a little bit? Or um, well, because I run Fearless, I mm-hmm. we never stopped, and actually right. quarantine just drove us even larger. So um, I've never stopped working this whole time, so I haven't really had the the chill or the no work right. environment that many people have had because uh, I've just right. sort of been go 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 the whole time. But it's, you know, I, I enjoy that go, go, go style mm-hmm. of living, so I don't mind it. Um, but, uh, you know, when everybody else is ready to get back into things, I'm going to be saying I'm ready for vacation. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think I'm a little <laughs> off from everybody else at this point. Of course. Yeah. Cause I guess you're, I guess having, cause you, like you said, you run your creator of the fearless app is that's correct. Right. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. And I, I really want to delve into that because I'm, I'm, I didn't know about it until we met on Instagram and I was like, this is amazing because it's such a such a wonderful idea to have to bring an app that is specific to like lgbtq female diverse voices that might not have that opportunity otherwise i guess so when i guess why did you decide to start the fearless app and what kind of drove you to this career uh well i started as an actor Um, Mm -hmm. and I studied, uh, theater at York university in Toronto and I hated it. I, by the first, the end of the first term, I was so, uh, checked out. I just, I hated the university atmosphere, I guess. And I also hated the idea that something like theater, which I feel is a very practical thing to do, um, you know, at university was more of a book thing to do. It was, you know, you're studying about the history and the theory and everything, but not quite putting it into practice as much as I'd like. So from there, I moved on. I went to film school at Seneca College. um, And a couple of the people that I met at film school, um, we ended up collaborating together. So we made a short film, then we made a series, Mm -hmm. then we made another short film and another series. And, you know, before long, it was sort of like, I have this content. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with it? So basically, I was trying to find fearless like I was trying to find it because I figured somebody has made this sort of thing before but nobody had like there kind of was like apps for indie film Mm -hmm. um you know that kind of just took everything and you know as a viewer you kind of have to sift through because some of it's really well some of it's bad let's not be around the bush no (laughs) Uh, so you have to sift through a little bit and then of course there were other niche apps that were like this is an app for women or this was Mm -hmm. an app for queer content and while all of those things are valid, and I, for sure there's people who want to subscribe to those, I just knew in my heart that I wanted to be on an app that was about inclusivity in general. I didn't right. want to be on some niche app because part of the content that I was making was about inclusivity in general. Right. Most of the content that I make is features LGBT characters, mm-hmm. either as the leads or very close to the leads. Um, and off including who I choose to hire behind the scenes as well. Right. So for me, I, it needed to be more inclusive than that. I didn't want something niche. I mean, in a way, fearless is niche as well, <laughs> kind of, because it's kind showing of, yeah. independent content, but it's sort of, I want it to be the Netflix of indie, the Netflix of mm-hmm. inclusiveness that it had all of it. So that, yeah, that was I, the goal. Yeah. And I, I, 
you've done it. I like I because I looked I love I've looked at it obviously downloaded it and I'm getting the 14 day trial. Like I'm so excited to actually like view a lot of the content because that's like you said that's stuff that I feel like we don't have access to as much even like with Netflix or with like Crave or any of those like major streaming services, you don't get that quality content. And sometimes there's these amazing gems that you don't, that you miss. Um, and I like that it's, a, I guess, a broader niche. Like it's, I guess technically it's still a niche because you're doing more diverse voices, but that it is broader and you're including all of those voices uh, is is wonderful and incredible. And w- was it, was there any struggle along the way to build it or was it pre- like, I mean, obviously building any business of any kind, there's going to be some sort of struggle, but in terms of getting that content were people pretty quick to jump on board? No, it was very hard in the beginning. In fact, the, the problem is it's a bit of a, what comes first, the chicken or the egg scenario, because when mm-hmm. we first began, we were trying to say to content creators, hey, put your stuff on this app. And, you know, they'd come back to us and go like, yeah, but nobody uses this app. It's a nothingness. Right. Like it doesn't exist yet. So we don't know whether we want to be on there or not. And then from the members side of it, well, members don't want to join if there's no content. So the beginning, it's hard. And mm-hmm. so we decided that we would just put out a beta version at the beginning. Um, okay. We only had 100 people that were members of it. Um, and we gave it to them for either free or almost no money. And there was barely any content. I mean, we had like 20 short films. We had like three series and we had like maybe two feature films. It was like very sparse at the beginning. (laughs) That was three and a half years ago. So, um, but you know, over time, you know, I think the thing that attracted both content creators to put their content on the app and Mm -hmm. the members is that we've always been like really clear about what we want to do since day one. And we've never right. wavered for us. It's that inclusivity angle. And I think the other side of it is that we cared about making a really good product. So like from the beginning, you know, we could have put out our apps sooner, you know, we could mm-hmm. have done things sooner, but we wanted our goal was to say, we want to be from an app point of view as good as Netflix We don't want anyone to log on and go, this is an indie app. No, it has indie content, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a, it's a mainstream app in terms of how it works and functions. Right. And yeah. And that's incredible too, because it's been out for three and a half years, which is amazing. And I get, yeah, it's crazy how, when you do first start out, it is like, but, I feel like you have to start out that small in order for people to become a, even having a hundred people is amazing in my, like for me anyway, in my opinion, because I feel like any, if I started an app, I'd be like, well, I'm going to get one person. (laughs) So I think it's very brave and, and uh, to do something like that. And also wonderful to have a, a, I almost said venue, but that's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> but to have that uh, available Once again, you're, you're saying venue because you're wishing we had an occasion or a venue to go to. <laughs> I wish we could go watch all of these films or have, like, have, have a big fearless like party or something and right? show a bunch of the films on a big screen. That's what I want. <laughs> but but it is, I, I don't know. I think I am always so impressed by people who take the initiative to say, I, I want to start this app. This is what I'm looking for. And like even you like starting and not and being in theater school and being like, this isn't what I want to do. And then going off and 
and taking that initiative to to create something that you wanted to do is so incredible. I, I, I don't know. I just think it's so cool. I'm always so inspired by people like you who do stuff like that. So that's incredible. Um, has it been easier during co- like COVID, like during quarantine? Like, have you been getting more, like you said, you're more busier now. Are you getting more followers and more people streaming? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that a funny thing happened when the quarantine began, every got buddy was bored all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it, it, it just, you know how sometimes you're like, I want to check it out, but like someday later mm-hmm. I'm busy. I got an event, I got a whatever. And then maybe you forget about it. Whereas during quarantine, yeah. it was sort of like, Hey, try out fearless. Well, okay. Right now. Right. There's a yeah. sense of like, I'll just do it right now. Cause I've nothing I'll just better do it now. to do. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So, Cause you feel like, like, I, I know for me anyway, during quarantine, I was like, I have nothing, I'm not doing anything. Cause I normally I'm like, I work at second city. So we shut down right away. So we were in the middle of like building a new show and they were like, we gotta, we gotta shut down. And I was like, good, I need a break. But I, at that time I was like, I want to watch everything. So I, I got most things so that, yeah, that, I, don't, I think everyone has slowed down so much that it's, it, people ha- need that content. So that's awesome that you can provide that and that it's it's doing super well. How often yeah. do you put content up? Like, is it every... Every Friday. Every Friday. How much every do you put Friday up? Every Friday or something. Every yeah. Friday. How much, yeah. like, what, how, like, on terms of, like, is it, do you put up, like, a feature film or is it, like, a bunch of things all at once? It, it depends on the week. There have been weeks where we've, you know, had... Uh, many series go up at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes been many feature films at the same time. You know, there's been a couple weeks where it's like, we have no feature films, no series, but this week we have seven new short films. So right. it really depends on the week. It's not so much about us making the choices. It's also about mm-hmm. like, at what point those things are ready, you know, from the filmmakers or sometimes the filmmakers say, I'd love it if it went out on a certain date. So then we say, mm-hmm. yeah, no problem. So you know, some weeks it's a lot of content. Sometimes it's a little bit of content. It depends. Um, right. And also some series, uh, we let the creators choose for the most part if they want to do a weekly release of episodes or release all episodes at once. So both happen. So sometimes there's, you know, maybe episode seven of whatever's coming out right. this week, you know, so it depends. Depend obviously, yeah, of course. There's so many factors that go into producing content and everything as well. Ha- compared to three years ago when you said you had maybe 20 shorts on the app, how how many things are on there now? Uh, so much that I couldn't even be able to list them <laughs> for you. Um, That's amazing. You know, people, people tend to think that I've watched everything on Fearless. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. I haven't seen everything on there. There's just too much. You know, I don't. I only have so much time. Of course. So, uh, yeah, we have a team of curators that watch the content before it goes up. So somebody has watched it, um, yeah. <laughs> but not necessarily me. No, so. of course. Do you, do you reach out to content creators or is it now that they are coming to you to try to get their content on your app, uh, on your both. streaming service? Both. Both. And I would say almost equally so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we we work with distributors and aggregators and stuff. So there's that sort of high level enterprise side of it. Uh, and then there's also the the lower end side where individual content creators just reach out to us and say, hey, I've got, you know, this project mm-hmm. and do you want it or not? So we have right. like an application form on our website where anyone can apply and submit their content. Oh, wow. And then the curation, the team decides if it's accepted or not. So. 
oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. It's such a cool, like, I just, I can't believe, one, that I didn't know about it until we started following each other on Instagram. I'm shocked that I, I feel like sometimes I'm in, like, a hole. And, like, especially. (laughs) A funny thing has happened because even though we're a Canadian company, we're based out of Toronto, like, you would expect that we'd be most Mm -hmm. popular in Canada, but we're not. We're most popular in the States and South Africa. So wow. it just kind of happens. It's weird. Yeah, I guess it would just depend on who's, who, I, like, do you think it's word of mouth too? Like people, like somebody yeah. from the States saw it, told their friend, like that's how it kind of ends up working? Yeah. Wow. I, I think so a little bit. Um, you know, Fearless has sponsored like some film festivals and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So it's partially related to that. I mean, we did sponsor like a couple in the States and we, you know, sponsored oh, okay. one in the UK, et cetera. Um, but you know, we've also sponsored film festivals in Toronto and, mm-hmm. you know, still we have less people that resulted from those film festivals as did other ones. So, wow. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not anything like, uh, personal or specific. Mm-hmm. It's just like, those are the people who gravitated towards it. Yeah, it's not a bad or a good thing. It's just sort of what it is. Just sort of what it is and where you yeah, where your content lands, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like sometimes in Canada and I don't know if you feel this, but I had this conversation a little on another podcast with a friend of mine who's an actor, how Canada doesn't have like a star system. Like there isn't like a, a system for film for, like that, like Quebec kind of has one in their own way. They have like a built-in star system. The UK has a huge one, the US, but we don't. Do you think that maybe factors in sometimes to independent film in Canada? Do you mean like who becomes sort of a celebrity status? Is that what you mean? Not necessarily celeb. I mean, celebrity status, but also in terms of like film and that, like we don't, I find in Canada, sometimes we don't like lift up our own content as much as they do in other places. Um, So I don't know if sometimes if that affects the reason why maybe Canadians don't gravitate towards Canadian content as much. Um. I don't think that's the reason. And this is interesting because I've thought about this before, but I've never really like had a conversation about it. Right. Interesting. I think one of the reasons why the U.S. and the U.K. are so large in those ways is because they throw their content at other countries. They say Mm -hmm. like, especially the U.K. The U.K. is like, this is British content. Love it. And we do love it. Right. Because they're throwing it at us and they're they're not afraid to say this is UK content and we know it and we love it mm-hmm. almost because it's UK content. Yeah. Um, the States is the same. They're throwing content at various countries. Right. And they say, you know, this is New York city. This is whatever this is, you know? And so there's an element of, we know and we like these things because we see them and they come at us. I think Canadians are a little bit more like, Hey, we made great stuff. Let's tell Canadians about it. So yeah. I think that's the difference. I think you, that sounds like, like that sounds exactly kind of, I think in my brain, what I, what I also feel as well. And I think that's why we don't have as big of a star system either, because we're not throwing it to other, you're right, not throwing it to other countries to be like, Hey, look at how great our country and our arts are and watch it and watch how good it is. Uh, I mean, I feel like they're starting to a little bit now. With For like, sure. I think that certain people like let's just think about like Drake and Sean Mendez, mm-hmm. for example, in the music scene, the fact that they're including the six or Toronto actually in the lyrics of their songs. Right. You know, those are the kind of things that like, that help boost something. 
And mm-hmm. I think that filmmakers could do the same and Canadian filmmakers could say, this is Toronto. Let me show you Toronto. Let me say it's Toronto. Yeah. But I think sometimes they'll say, oh, well, let's just make it set in New York because we can film it in Toronto and it'll look like New York. And they do. And it's a great show, but it's not going to have the same impact because people are going to assume that it's an American show. So, right. you know, um, it, an example of a show that has done wonderfully outside of mm-hmm. Canada is Letterkenny. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's so Canadian. People love it because yeah. they get to experience something that's Canadian. So mm-hmm. I think that we assume that the other countries aren't going to like it if it's too Canadian, but I actually think they like it more if it's too Canadian. I think so too. I think that we need to start um, taking in our own country and be being proud of it because I feel like, yeah, you're right. I feel like we've been told so much to be like, make your setting in New York City or make it Chicago, make it a big American city like what everyone talks about and people love that place but I'm like Canada's got some amazing things which I feel like is what's exciting about the Netflix um Netflix reaching out and having people submit uh to Netflix Canada because I think they're opening up a brand new um studio here in Canada but they wanted and they asked for specific Canadian stories like they don't want it to be set in America they want it to be set in Canada yeah, and I one think that's of the great. reasons why that happened was because Netflix was doing co-productions with CBC and mm-hmm. they had some disagreements and some... Oh. So now Netflix says, well, we're going to have to make Canadian content now um, because, you know, CBC may not be the best partner for us anymore. You know, they were right. making Anne with an E together. They were mm-hmm. making uh, Working Moms together, I believe. Um, so there was a Schitt's uh, Creek too. Was it Schitt's Creek? Yep. Yep. Schitt's yeah. Creek. They're making together. Yeah. So, you know, those types of co-productions, you know, have been happening with Netflix in various countries. And it's, it's great to see they're doing those co-productions because then at least it's partially owned by the country that it's being filmed mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, normally the content that gets filmed in Canada is primarily content from us networks. They film in Canada because it's cheaper or because right. they get tax credits or something like that. Um, so a lot of times it's American content and they make Toronto look like, you know, New York or Chicago Mm -hmm. or whatever. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or even small towns, right? Like there's areas of Toronto and Sudbury they're filming a lot in now and Ottawa, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. Um, I think that, I think the key is like people like things that are just like real at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you, you know, have a connection to New York City and you used to live there or whatever, and you're like, I have this connection to New York City, so I'm going to make Toronto look like that and that's what I'm going to do, then that show would probably be great too. It's more just yeah. like, what are you authentically connected to? And that, that, is, that, that is the best content or the ones that people write when they like are so passionate about that place or that time or, or something that is truthful. Like, I don't know, in comedy, we always say like, it's always like more truthful. The more truthful you are in a scene, the funnier it's going to be. Right. And that's the same with any content that we create. It's just going to be better if it's from a more personal point of view. Right. So I hopefully, I don't know. I hope as an actor and writer and comedian, I'm like, I hope we do more content. I I don't know. For me, I've always been like, I just want to do great stuff in Canada and have like, and do and show off our, our, our country and the talent that is here. And I think that's like similar what you're kind of doing with your app too like is it is your app 
is obviously content from all over, I'm assuming. It's not just content Canadian. from all over. However, there is a large amount of Canadian content. It just yeah, kind of happened it. by mistake. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think it happened, obviously, because myself and the other people who, you know, were working on Fearless, we're all from Toronto. So obviously we're right. telling people and the filmmakers that we know are Canadian, et cetera. Um, so I think the word of mouth element just happened a little bit more here. Um, but also I think it's just because Canadians really like making their own content. I mean, it's just something that Canadians do. They make a lot of content, uh, you know, whereas I think, you know, in, in some countries it's all about, let's pitch to Netflix, let's pitch to Netflix. And I think that Canadian has, Canada has a great, uh, structure of like, let's just make it on our own. And I mean, that's what fearless is about is about people who just said, let me make something. Yeah. And then you get to show it to the world, which is so fun. And yeah. I like, yeah. And you said you were born, born in Toronto, like I was your whole born life? in Sudbury. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> for your listeners who don't know what Sudbury is, because there's yeah. probably some, uh, it's yeah. five hours north of uh, Toronto or four hours if you speed real fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, so you went, you lived there basically all through schooling and then moved uh, to Toronto? In- yeah, I lived there up until the end of high school, and then I came to Toronto for university, right. and I never left Toronto never after left. that. Um, I did live briefly in New York City for a very Ooh. short amount of time, um, but then I moved back to Toronto because COVID. So uh, I actually moved to New oh York gosh. City. I moved to New York City. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. I moved to New York City in uh, January. And mm-hmm. in April, I moved back to Toronto. Oh my gosh. COVID That's so was frustrating. Rough. The things that I wanted to do there, I couldn't. You know, I was mostly there so I could like net, um, uh, I was mostly there so I could network with creators um, mm-hmm. and hopefully grab some new content for Fearless. And at the same time, I was there for a life experience because I thought it'd be of fun course. and interesting. And, you know, and my husband uh, got a job at a law firm down there and everything. So, oh, wow. you know. And so it, it seemed like a good experience, but unfortunately it was just the wrong time. So hopefully yeah, I'll go back that someday. Seems, I'm sure you will. I think that's great. New York is such a wonderful city and I feel like there's so much, like I always find New York is very similar to like, not Toronto per se, because it's obviously like older architecture and there's a different like vibe, but in terms of the way the creators make things, like it's that like a bohemian kind of yeah. like indie I don't know. I love New York. I lived in Chicago for like a year while I was studying Second City there. And I I loved Chicago too. Chicago is such a cool city, but I don't know. New York is like so magical. I'm so sorry that you didn't get to stay. You know what though? I honestly do really think that Toronto and New York are quite similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I feel like, you know, coming, having to come back here is probably not like the worst thing in the world. At least you're, I guess, maybe not going back to Sudbury. <laughs> I don't know if that's rude to say about Sudbury, but. <laughs> nope, that, that's a plus. I mean, uh, the people who live in Sudbury love Sudbury. But when you're someone like me who needs that urban life um, and, you know, who's young and wants to experience things, mm-hmm. you know, you got to get out. And there's a lot of people who, you know, grew up in Sudbury they left when they were in their twenties and then they come back, you know, to retire or something, you know, so you never know. Um, but it's same with like New Brunswick. Like I'm from New Brunswick. So it's like a lot of us were like, okay, there's not much arts here. Uh, there's a bit in like Halifax, but 
and PEI has a little bit of stuff, but it's kind of like we got to go to a bigger city to get anything at all. So, and then eventually I feel like a lot of people move back to retire to yeah. go home, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What are you, are you, I see you're drinking something. What are you drinking? Drinking your rum uh, and coke? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, exactly what was promised. Rum and coke is I my go to drink. So I haven't had a rum and coke in a long time. I feel like I had a bad experience at university and never looked back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not that kind. When I have a bad experience, it's like, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm horrible to myself. No, no, I, I, I feel like I was the same back then, but now with certain liquors like vodka and rum, I'm like, I can't, I don't think I can do this anymore. Maybe a spiced rum. I think I could do like a spiced yeah. rum and like a spiced ginger ale or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm just having a white claw because this is who I am now. <laughs> just, the mango. He's, the go. mango, you know, I don't yeah. mind a white claw, but sometimes I, it tropical. just says, keep it tropical. You know, I can't be on a tropical island right now, so... This is the best I can do. Uh, uh, I just love hear it. it. Listen, I've been craving a strawberry daiquiri lately, so mm. I get it. I like, know I went to a cottage fruity, fruity, this weekend. Fruity, I love. Yes, I've been really. I'm normally a big beer drinker. I love beer. I've always loved beer. Uh, and then recently, in the last month, and I don't know if it is because it's summer, but I've just been wanting to have like like coolers, like a gin and gin and soda cooler or a wine cooler, which isn't normally at all what I have. So I am just living the life, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's summer exactly. in Toronto and we're in quarantine and we just have to I mean, I like coolers. Best. Like, you know, like every time I drink one amongst friends, they always go, what are you like a teenager? And I'm like, yeah. you know what? If this makes me a teenager, well, hell, I'm a teenager then because it's delicious. Coolers are good. They taste They good. are. They're tasty and they're just so easy to drink and you're not like, yeah. you don't get like too And they're easy to carry too, like, you know? Yes. Like yes. sometimes you're like, oh, I want a rum and Coke, but it's like I don't want to buy a whole bottle of rum and a whole mm-hmm. two liter of Coke when I could just, you know, get a, cool, a couple coolers and, you know, be done with it. Yes, of course. It's easy. It's so easy. And also you don't get too drunk off of them. You just have a nice little mm-hmm. buzz. And you can just, yeah. you know, drink them all night if you want. You could. That's how well, I feel. Some anyway. of them are much higher alcohol percentage, though. You have to, you have to really look. You be some careful. of them are like four yeah. percent, and some are like seven, eight, nine percent. So I know you gotta really, you gotta really be careful with them because they'll sneak up on you pretty quick. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they they just don't taste like alcohol, so you, you have to drink. You know, you you drink you drink a bunch, like you think you're drinking juice, and next thing you know, yeah. you're, you're like, a little tipsy oh, falling into the pool. <laughs> Yeah. Or taking on your the clothes floor. off, depending on which kind of person you are. Yes, it depends. I mean, I don't know. So I don't know if I, I don't know. I've skinny dipped a few times, but. There you go. <laughs> we just played a game at the cottage too. And it was like, you have to, it's almost like Cards Against Humanity, but not. So you have to like, it gives you a card. And it's like, who's most likely to do this thing? Or who's the least likely to do this? And then everybody votes with a card. And everyone said that I was the least likely to go skinny dipping. And I was like, um, rude. I've gone several times. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, things I, people think they know about you. I know. I'm like, I may look shy and nerdy, but I promise you I'm not. <laughs> You're not. You I've seen you me. on stage. You're not. You have. Oh my goodness. I have. You didn't what know show that? did you see? I didn't know that. No, I saw the um, uh, she's she's the something. She the people. That one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, that yeah, was a yeah, great yeah. show. It oh, was that's so much I, fun. 
I like never know who sees things, and then I just automatically assume people don't know who I am, and then I am always surprised when somebody's like, "No, I saw you in this show," and I'm like, "Oh." Well, sometimes people too, like sometimes people will like recognize me or something and they'll think they know me, but they maybe can't remember my name or something. And Mm -hmm. that's fair. I have a unique name. So I I totally get like where you're coming from. Like, I'm sure there's times where you're walking down the street and someone's like, I recognize her, but they might not connect the dots that you were from Second City, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I know I had, I, I did like one episode on Kim's Convenience, like a really quick just like a two minute scene and I was walking down the street and a guy screamed he was with his husband and he was like Kim's Convenience and I was like he can't be talking to me and he was like we saw you on Kim's Convenience also we saw you at Second City that's how we and I was like yeah I was gonna say that's so strange but yeah. it's like so wild because do, do you get recognized a lot because you're like pretty like doing quite well on social media and things like that Yeah, I, I get recognized a fair bit. I mean, like a lot of people who follow me on social media are from other places. So, right. um, you know, it's not like I'm that well known in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more well known on a, shall we say, international scale. And perhaps right. even probably more Americans know me than Canadians as well. So, okay. But uh, Crazy. yeah, no, I get recognized sometimes. You know, some nice people, yeah. sometimes they recognize you and you can tell they are because they do like one of those, you know, instead of a double take, they do like a <laughs> four take. Yeah. Um, you know, but they, they, people don't always say anything. Sometimes people just go, Oh, I recognize him. And you know, I'm going to move mm-hmm. on with my life and not bother him. So, right. you know, Canadians are like that too. We're a little more respectful of yeah. celebrities. You know, we'll kind of go, that's a celebrity. I noticed they're a celebrity. It's mm-hmm. cool that I saw them, but I'm not going to ruin their day. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. yeah. The only time I've ever spoken, I worked at Massey Hall and sometimes like people would come in like, Catherine O'Hara and her sister came in a few times, but I never like, and which Catherine O'Hara is like one of my favorite people, but I never said anything. I just spoke to them like they were normal people, <laughs> which was really yeah. nice and cool. But then <laughs> the, I think his name's Zach, oh, I forget his name, but he was on Road to Avonlea and he played uh, Felix on Road to Avonlea, the CBC hit show. And he was there and I, I was like, I gotta say something. I watched this show right. all the time as a kid. And I was like, you probably get this all the time, but I used to watch you when I was a kid at Felix and I love Road to Avonlea. And he was like, honestly, I don't get that a lot. So thank you. <laughs> and it was really wow. funny. Because it's feel been like a while, I, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. He's done like a few films in that as well. But yeah, I just thought it was so funny that I decided that that's who I decided to be like, hey, I used to watch you all the time. And it was so, yeah, it was so, yeah. so strange. What a funny like interaction. I also love how on your Instagram you say that you're unapologetically queer. Yeah. Which I love. I'm like, yes, we should all be unapologetically queer. And I feel like for me, over the last few years, I've become more and more like comfortable in my own skin and like figuring out who I am in the queer community. Like what, like, cause there are so many ways to identify now. So it's like, how do I identify? Where do I fit? And like the older I get, the more I'm like, like you said, unapologetically who I am in queer. And I, I really love that. And I love, I just love that term so much. Um, Cause I feel like, I don't know if this is, if you feel this, but sometimes in, at least at the beginning of my career, I was always a bit nervous to be like, I'm this, I'm queer, I'm, I'm, this is how I, this is who I am. And then after a while, I was like, no, I have to, this is who I am. So I should just yeah. sit in it and live in it. And it's yeah. not like, it's not like it's a, I don't know, like, not like a radical thing or anything. It's just being like, this is who I am and this is what you'll get when you see me. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I think it's kind of important. Um, you know, like even if you look at my posts on Instagram, not every post mm-hmm. is like some flamboyant, you know, rainbow wearing mm-hmm. post. But yeah. I think that it's important that people know these things because one of the things that I hear a lot, especially when I'm mm-hmm. talking to people who, uh, you know, are, are, shall we say, straight or, mm-hmm. you know, cisgendered, um, right. is they say, I don't know any blank. They may say, I don't know any trans people. I don't oh. know any gender nonconforming people. I don't know mm-hmm. any, you know, X, Y, Z, any pansexual people. So I think it's just that like the average person just feels like they need to know one person who is mm-hmm. one of these things in order to just kind of get it. Yeah. You know, you can watch TV shows till the cows come home, but at the end of the day, you kind of just want to know one person, you know, mm-hmm. you want to know one person who's a plumber. You kind of also just want to <laughs> know one person who's, you know, non-binary or something, you know, yeah, it of just, course. it helps. Even well, I though, think it helps. No, go ahead. Sorry. I, w- I was just going to say, like, even though I've seen, for example, you know, tons of, uh, of you know, strippers on, on a mm-hmm. show, I might still go, but it'd be nice to meet a stripper. It'd be nice to, you <laughs> yeah. know, understand people. Well, you can you get know? an inside, right? Like, if yeah. you know somebody. That, and also, I feel like for people, too, by knowing somebody who is, you know, queer or who is a stripper, you can kind of empathize a little bit more with them. And, you know, like groups of people who who get this like negative or or people are prejudiced against to get to know somebody then has can change somebody's mentality on something as well. I think that's that's just me anyway, because I I just feel like I've seen so many people or like friends of mine who have come out and their parents or like even my parents, like not to say I don't think my parents were ever homophobic people like I just don't think they knew anyone so for them it was like I just watched their like mindset change a little bit too and become more aware and learn about things and want to know and understand things so I think that that is important Mm -hmm. so I it is it is true that I think people be and say who they are and and not be afraid to say who they are because you know I feel like there's more of us out there who are good and protective of each other than there are the like trolls and shit. So, (laughs) yeah. And you know, there's, there's many versions of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. like for example, Tim cook, who's the CEO of Apple, Mm -hmm. um, he's gay. He doesn't always, um, put I'm gay on things. You know, he's never worn a rainbow pin. However, Mm -hmm. if someone asks him, are you gay? He says, yes. You know, so there's many versions of it. There's some people who are going to say it more than others. You know, there's some people who are going to be very vocal about it, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, all those, all those versions of it are valid. So, of course, did you, um, when, I guess, like, when did you come out? Because I didn't come out until I moved to Toronto. Like, I don't know if that's like a small town thing. Everyone from home, basically, we all left this place called Quispam Sis, moved to Toronto and everybody came out. (laughs) that's funny it is Um, i actually was on a podcast uh called uh i believe it's called the out podcast okay and in every episode they have one guest who just tells their coming out story okay that's the podcast there's no other topics and i think it's great it's very niche very specific yeah 
So I was actually on that podcast and I spoke for, I don't know, an hour about my coming out experience. So I'll give you the brief version, (laughs) please, which is, I think a lot of people, um, and certainly people have, you know, direct messaged me on Instagram as well. You know, people who are not out who feel like they want to be, um, a lot of people think that uh, the coming out experience might just be one day you tell everybody and it's done. In my experience, it's never been that. I mean, no. the thing is, as someone who's queer, you're going to have to constantly come out. Every time you get a new job, you have coworkers and bosses to come out to. Every time you go to a party, you have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people who are going to question you, you know? And the yeah. thing is, something like being queer is something like being a plumber. It's mm-hmm. so integral to who you are that if you go to a party, people will say, what do you do for work? Well, I'm a plumber, right? And yeah. similarly, if you go to a party, someone's going to say, oh, do you have a husband? Do you have a wife? Do you have yeah. kids? These are normal things that people ask. And so it's not as if it's something that is like a secondary element that mm-hmm. is easy for you to just not talk about. You could, if you wished, you could say, I don't want to talk about that. Right. Um, you know, or evade the question or tell a slight fib if that's what you need to do. If that's where mm-hmm. you're at in life, that's fine and valid. Um, but I just think that like, for me, I never ever had that one day where I came out. Um, right. I never had a big moment. It's been little moments and it's yep. been very gradual over time. My family is very um, Christian, religious, and okay. they're not so um, welcoming to, mm. uh, you know, different mm. sexualities and different genders other than what they understand oh. to be uh, real and legit. Right. So, you know, basically my one sister, uh, you know, when I was 18 and she was 16, she just said to me, are you gay? And I said, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've, I don't know that I would say it quite that simply nowadays because I've, you know, evolved right. my sexuality since then. Of course. Um, but that was an easy answer to a question. She made it easy for me. And mm-hmm. to this day, I love that. I, and then just recently I, uh, you know, had some discussions with uh, my two older sisters. So they mm-hmm. only kind of found out recently, even okay. though I've been very vocal about it online yeah. <laughs> for how many years now. So right. even though people might know, they might not know. Right. Of course. I don't know. Yeah. Or they don't want to like, I find sometimes people like, no, but they just kind of like push it aside if it's not time for, if they're not ready yet to, I guess, accept it. Cause I, and I love that. I love the way you just put that too, is that coming out isn't just a one-time thing. You are constantly coming out always. And it is true. Like, I feel like when I came out, I came out to a couple of friends first and it was even like coming out. It was me being like, I think I'm this, I think this is what I've always felt. And it's been there forever. And then, so that happened. And then when I was moving to Toronto, my, my mom has asked me if I was gay my whole life. Like she's always asked, (laughs) like, and I would say, no, I don't think, I don't know. No, no. Like full panic. And then she always just kind of always asked. And then I think she just put it aside and was like, well, she's telling you the truth. She says she's not. So then when I actually did, she was like shocked. (laughs) She was like, but you said you worked. 
She was like, I believed you. And like, she wasn't mad. She was more scared of me getting hurt or anything like that. But it is that interesting thing. And then it's like, your dad finds out. And then a few months later, I told cousins of mine who I trusted. And then they, a few months later, told their parents. And it's just always constantly like down the line of like, who needs to know in the family now? And do I have to say it or do they just know? And yeah, and coming out to people at work. And when do I not care enough to say it, right? Yeah, when does it not matter anymore? And which people is it going to cause more problems than it's going to solve? You know, like, and who do do I want to tell? Exactly. Yeah, it is. I do like that is such an interesting thing because when when we do talk about coming out, we do always like people tell like a story of how they came out to just their parents. But then you forget that it's like, no, that doesn't end there. It continues for like a long time, like your whole life, basically. I mean, I feel like people can make assumptions, but until they ask the question, they don't know for sure what you identify as at least. Yeah, so. and the the other side of it is because I've had both experiences of someone asking me the question and mm-hmm. me having to drum up the courage to say something out of the blue. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like it's much better for family members and friends to just ask the question. Yeah, that's my opinion. I think that you know, if if you're aware that this is something that somebody could be interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, in discussing, then it can be a question you could ask and they'd probably yeah. appreciate it. I appreciated it, you know? Yeah, it is nice. Like, I feel like I, if I had been more confident when my mom was asking, I would have appreciated when she actually asked. Uh, but yeah. at the time, obviously, I was, like, nervous and didn't know what to th- what to say or what to think. Yeah. Because, you know, you're all you're still figuring it out when you're young, too, right? Like, exactly. trying to discover yourself. And But, exactly. yeah, I feel like... I feel like yeah. If any, if there are anyone, if there's anyone listening out there who's wants to know how to, I guess, figure out how to come out to somebody. Hopefully, they ask you the question, and if not, you know, just wait. For, you'll find the right time to do it. Everyone has to do it in their own time, and there's no rushing and no forcing of anything. That's what I say anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yeah. It's that's oh, that's so. That's I really really like how you say that that's I've never heard somebody put it in those terms before and I really really like that Hmm. yeah (laughs) so you know and there I've also like seen like I've just happened to stumble into things online where you know someone's on a forum and they're a parent and they're like I think my kid is gay like what you know what should I do how do I start the conversation and it's like Mm -hmm. they're probably gonna be so glad you asked them that they didn't have to drum up the courage they might have been thinking about this for months or years or years even yeah sometimes you know it's as simple as you know just saying like hey, just so you know, like I was watching this show or something, Mm -hmm. right? Because then it makes it kind of not about them. Yeah. I was watching this show and they were like, you know, and they were, you know, going out with their boyfriend or whatever. And I I just want to let you know, like, if you want a boyfriend instead of a girlfriend, like, I'm cool with that. Like, you know, there's ways to just like, you know, make it about something else. Mm -hmm. But really kind of you're saying, are you gay without saying those words? Without saying it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of parents too just want to know so they, they can, one, I think parents a lot of times, and this isn't always, but sometimes want the best for your kid, obviously. And, you know, I think parents get a little scared too for their kids being like different in quotes, you know, because I don't think it's necessarily different, but I mean, to 
in terms of the society we live in. From their perspective, it's different. From their perspective, it's different. And society's perspective, it's, you know, marginalized group. Uh, So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, just doing that is such an easy way for parents to be like, okay, maybe I'll just ask. And let your kid have the time to, like, process what you're asking and don't rush them. Like, don't, like, attack them with that thought, I guess. You said... You said you grew, it was a very religious family you grew up in, eh? I literally made an entire series about it. Um, oh, wow. Basically, I collaborated with, with uh, yeah, I collaborated with Tony Babcock. He basically had some experiences about, like, homophobia and sports in high mm-hmm. school because that was what he was into. Huge, and I yeah. had some experiences about, you know, homophobia and, you know, the intersection between being queer and being religious. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We create a series together about two guys in high school that are having those, you know, situations happening simultaneously. So there's sort of two stories going on at once. Um, The stories intersect in various areas, but it's sort of like there's two stories at once. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we made that series and that series is heavily, heavily, heavily based off our true experiences. Personally, like I grew up Catholic, but my parents... Like I had to go through all of the the things that you got to go through to be Catholic, I guess. (laughs) But then after that, they were kind of like, ah, like... I think they kind of pulled away from the church too because they were disappointed in it and everything that came out later on in life. But I don't I don't know if I've ever like met somebody who's actually like grown up in a very religious family and being queer and like the effects that I guess it would have on on uh, on you and like where like cuz you said you're unapologetically queer but your family, you know, clearly doesn't maybe think in that 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 mindset. So how mm-hmm. does that how is that like I guess, affected the way you've lived a bit? So one element of it is that I have a different perspective than the average person who is maybe queer, because a lot of times queer people say, uh, you know, uh, F the church. Can I swear on this podcast? Oh, please, please. Absolutely. Yes. They're like, fuck the church. I'm gay. I'm queer. Fuck all them. They're horrible people. You know, fuck my mom, fuck my dad. Like, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. I'm going to live my queer life and, you know, and I'm good and done with it. That wasn't my experience. My experience is that through religion growing up, I didn't have bad experiences. Religion to my family was a good thing. It's something that helped them. You know, religion is tied to things like morals and stuff that even if you're not religious, you still kind of follow some of the things, right? I mean, the 10 commandments, don't lie, don't steal, don't commit murder. I mean, those are things that the majority of people follow, right? Yeah, I've always said that, I guess, I guess I've always said that the Bible is kind of like a a guide to be a kind, decent human being, right? Like that's the point of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, when I, when I was realizing my sexuality, I was coming at it from two sides. It was, I want to be who I am, but I don't want to uh, say that the religious values, the religious um, topics that are important Mm. to the people in my family were invalid. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that the problem is, is that sometimes when people are queer, they, without realizing, invalidate the opinions and feelings of their families. Yes. It's not about making them feel bad that they're religious. It's not about saying, oh, you're religious and I'm queer, so fuck you, I'm out of here. Right. It should be about, I'm queer and I hope you can be okay with that in the same way that I'm okay with you being religious. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, otherwise we're throwing hatred at hatred mm-hmm. instead of just saying, I embrace you 
would you please embrace me? Yeah. So that's, that's where I came from. Well, that's, that is a beautiful way of looking at it too, because there is that thing with the church and with religion where people do just automatically hate it. And like, I've, I've gotten out of the church just, I don't know. I like for me, organized religion isn't uh, like something that I, I like to practice or anything, but I don't, I don't like, like, I don't think it's wrong. Like, I think we all have to have some sort of faith in this world. I think faith is very important. And I think where you find that is great. The, I guess for me, the only thing with some religions is when there's hatred. And it's like, what, how you just said it is like, I accept you and your religion, accept me and who I am is such a beautiful way of yeah. looking at it. Because not everyone that is religious is a bad human being. I know a lot of people who are super religious and they're kind and they're gentle and they're loving and they they just they just need a faith-driven organization to have any like to feel something i think it's important to have faith in something whether it's you believe in a higher power of 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 god and jesus or if you think it's aliens like whatever like i think sometimes i'm like having a faith is important and as long as we all respect each other and care for one another i think that's to me what i think religion was trying to be and then it got twisted in a way because most things do once they become too large and too big and are run by too many people and people want power and all of those things. So it's the higher ups. But I, I do agree that I'm like, I, I don't think everyone in f- religious faith are horrible people. Like that's awful to think that they I, are. I don't think so either. I think that there's, I think that there's some LGBT people who are horrible people and I mm-hmm. think there are some religious people who are horrible people. And unfortunately, they both feel the hatred in each other. I mean, yeah. if you're going to say I'm a queer person and I'm going to take off all my clothes and, you know, go, you know, defecate on a church doorstep or something like that's not a nice thing to do. That's not OK. And these are real things that have happened. Like these are not nice things to do. Like, I don't know how people expect to receive love and appreciation when they do these things. That's yeah. my opinion. And I, and that's a, a very valid opinion. And also it is wrong to do those things. It's like, why? I mean, sometimes I understand in this world that hatred is going to like, they're going to butt heads each on each side. And sometimes it is necessary to do in order to get attention or to make it, it, things it people necessary. aware. And I think it is it necessary, is but it is sometimes you're like, Oh man, that sucks. Like you like that was, that was unnecessary. Like certain things are unnecessary yeah. and, and it's yeah. such a hard line and a hard balance of figuring out how, how to protest and be like, Hey, you, as like in specific churches, I find, I don't think it's all, like, it's mm-hmm. not obviously not all church, but like, you know, I, there are certain churches that like, and it, it's also sometimes based off of who is running the sermons as well. Like I have a theater company in Tweed, Ontario, and there's one church and one pastor, or uh, I think he's a priest, uh, but he was basically like against gay marriage. And it was like, people in the town were like, well, that's ridiculous. Like why? Like one of the most prominent people in the town is a gay couple. So, and I'm like, you're, val- you're right to have your own opinion and how you deal with your faith. But sometimes I'm like, oh, that's like, that sucks a bit when you're like, mm-hmm. why can't you just accept everybody because for love and for, you don't even know these people. Like you don't know them. You're mm-hmm. just basing it off of who they, who they love, which is crazy yeah. to me, but. 
Yeah, I, I do want to go back to something you said mm-hmm. recently because it's definitely yeah. true. There are times when, you know, these things that might be considered hatred or violence are necessary. I mean, yes. the first Pride was a riot. Mm-hmm. We owe a lot to queer and trans people of color who yes, absolutely. made massive strides for us. And they did it mm-hmm. by doing things like throwing bricks. Like, yeah, because they had to. There are times when these things are necessary. But... There well, it's are like also when, times where you can earn, you know, you can get a far away with honey as opposed to, you know, pain. Yes, of course. And I think it's, I think that the, like, not even, I don't even say like it's violent. Cause I don't know if it's like, cause to me, I'm like burning down a like building. If no one gets hurt, I'm like, it's just a building. We can rebuild yeah. it. Like hurting and killing people, you can't take that back and you can't rebuild yeah. that. So sometimes in that sense, you need to make noise and you need to make fire in order to be seen and be heard and be like, yes. hey, like you're not listening to me. You're you're killing people en masse. You need to, people need to wake up and pay attention. You know, it's like, it's like you think about the movie, I don't know why Sister Act 2 just popped up in my head, but you know, the song is like, you gotta wake up and pay attention. I just, we I'm just, like I just totally watched that movie. I'm totally into it that we're like having a serious discussion and Sister Act 2 <laughs> pops into your head. I'm but, into it. But if you go back and we, I just recently watched that movie and if you go back, it is like a full, like, it is about race and it is about ra- racial issues yeah. and about, and it is such a good movie. <laughs> it's like, oh so strong. and it, it brings Both religion and everything. Good movies. Oh, they're I love perfect. Them. They're perfect yeah. films. You can't go wrong with them. And, but they, they also like, I don't know, like it just made me think of, of that movie for some strange reason. Just, I think because it's, uh, it's about like, like black teens dealing yeah. with all of their all of the issues but while staying in the church as well and having that religious aspect and you watch that movie and those nuns are all so yeah. kind and they want the best for people yeah. right and that's what most that is what most religions are i just think for me i'm like organized yeah. religion is like where it's it gets a bit yeah like shady i think in my opinion sometimes but yeah that's that's yeah. that's fine <laughs> i think i think it's also important i think it's also important that we put it out into the universe that people often think that the struggles of LGBT people and the struggles are so different. Um, I think it's important that people understand that, you know, the, the topics surrounding black lives matter and stuff, although there is some crossover because obviously, you know, historically people of color who are also LGBT have made massive strides for LGBT community. They are different struggles. Like on the one hand you have, you're saying Mm -hmm. I'm queer. This is a part of me. This is part of my personality, my being, whatever. And then on the other side, you have people who are being Mm -hmm. violent towards someone because of their skin color. These things are not the same. I mean, to me, the skin color thing is like, there is no possible way to disagree. It is fundamentally wrong in my opinion for someone to say, you have a different skin color than me, so you deserve more police violence, you deserve more, you know, of any of the things they're going through. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mm-hmm. do feel that someone who is religious, who doesn't believe gay marriage is right, is permitted to that belief, provided they don't cause harm to other people. Because that belief is, is a belief in my brain. And I'm listen, I'm a queer person, and I believe that's a belief. However, believing that someone of a different skin color 
is lesser than you is to me absurd. Right. Well, yeah, of course. Cause it's like what we're all same people just because they have darker skin or, or, or whatever yeah. uh, nationality you are. It, it is insane to me that people can, um, can judge somebody based off of that. Cause I'm like, we're all human beings. It doesn't like, that doesn't make them. So you're really, ta- you want to be so tanned. So what's, I don't understand. Like sometimes people you're like, all they do is want to tan and have beautiful skin and like, and it's like, how can you hate somebody like that? But also like want to be like them. So it, it is wild to me. I just, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think people's beliefs are valid as long as you're not hurting anyone and you're not being prejudiced towards yeah. them. You can be like, I don't believe in that. I respect mm-hmm. you as a human being. That's what I believe. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's such a hard, it's such a hard, it's a hard line sometimes, you know? Oh, for sure. So is this the like serious, most serious episode you've ever had? Like, I feel like it might be. No, it's no? not. It's not. I don't know. I love like, I love just chatting and seeing where conversations go. Like the last, my last podcast with Selena Vile, uh, we got into like some like heated di- like discussions too about politics and um, about like gay culture and the, the village culture and stuff like that. So it's, it's yeah. definitely not like I've had other conversations. I don't know. I think it's also now in this world that we're living in post, like not even post COVID it's still happening, but I feel like it's the time. Like I think people are at home and we're seeing stuff more and we're learning more and we're, we're not afraid anymore to have discussions. Cause I think discussing things is important. And yeah. I think hearing different opinions and different ideas on different subjects is I mean, that's partially why I started this podcast because I was like, I want to talk to people and I want to get to know people and I want to know if they have a different opinion than me and we can talk it out. like yeah. Or like we can just chat about it. I think that's what's interesting about human uh, connection too is learning about somebody and learning what what they feel and what they believe versus what I feel and what I believe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting. And like hearing you speak today, I'm like, these are awesome. Like I, because I... I don't know if I've ever spoken to somebody with like similar views to you and like hearing them from somebody. And it takes us back to that idea of like not empathizing, but understanding something more. You can't understand it until you speak with somebody about it. And I'm not talking like an argument. It's like listening to the person and being like, Oh, amazing. I didn't, I never, I would never have thought of it like that. Or I I would never, I have never heard it said that way. And I don't know. That's just for me. I just like love having conversations with people. I I think the biggest thing for me that like has always been the, the, the driving force in all this is I just see it from the perspective of like, how can I respect you? Because I would like mm. respect back. And the, yes, and I think that people approach it in the way of like, respect me, respect me, respect me now. Instead of saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to respect you and I'm going to hope that you return respect to me, which is the way I approach life. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and I like that. I think that's a beautiful way of doing it. I think it's, I think that sometimes that is the, that is a way to go, especially if it's like, I don't know, like if, if it hasn't already gotten to the point where you're like, you're not listening to me. Like yes. if it's just, you're having a conversation and it's like, but like, you know, like sitting down with somebody being like, Hey, I understand that those are your beliefs and I respect you. And I, th- what you believe is valid, but you have to respect me as well. Because it, once we get into hatred and we get into really strong prejudice and racism and like homophobia and transphobia, then it kind of becomes, 
a different situation where it is like, yeah. I don't know if I can, I don't think I can validate your your feelings and views on this because of how you're acting through them. A hundred percent. And I think that part of that respect element is respecting yourself um, to know mm-hmm. when, when a conversation isn't worth your time. That's an, and also respect is also about the other people that you're standing behind because I'm not trans, mm-hmm. but if someone's transphobic, I'm going to call them out on it because I have respect for yeah. them. So there's those elements yes, as well, right? So it's it's not of only course. about the respect between two people. It's respect goes in mm-hmm. so many different directions. It absolutely does. And it, yeah, because like I would stand up for anyone, like mostly anyone. I mean, unless somebody is spewing full hatred, then I'm like, nah, I'm, I, I can't deal with you. Bye. You're out of <laughs> Bye, my life. Felicia. See you. Never. Bye. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is really interesting. I love it. I No, this conversation has been so wonderful. I actually like have been really like invested in it and like learning. Cause you know, like I did, I, I grew up religious. My grandmother was really religious. I have a lot of, I have lots of friends and other, their families who are religious. So like hearing about it is just so interesting. It's just interesting to me. I don't know. I love, mm-hmm. I love people and like learning where they've come from and like the, your upbringing, how it differs from like mine. I don't know. I love it. It's amazing. This has been so yeah. lovely and so wonderful. Um, do you want to do a yeah. quick, like, exactly. uh, I, I'm calling them quick cues right now. I don't know. I have no What's name a quick for them. Cue? I just, Tell me all about it. So, so basically I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions. We're going to answer them as quickly as possible. They're just dumb and stupid and fun. And, uh, yeah. So that's just basically. (laughs) Okay. 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 What's your biggest party fail? Oh, biggest party fail. Oh, um, maybe taking off my pants. (laughs) Oh no. Um, There's this thing where when I drink tequila, sometimes my pants fall off. I don't know. It's a thing. Um, I would like to say it's not (laughs) a thing, but it's happened too many times to count. Isn't gin the panty remover? My mom always says, whenever I have gin, she goes, you're drinking gin, the panty remover. And I was like, why does it have that name? Maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't like gin, so I never drink it. But no, so, uh, I mean, my but husband drinks gin and his an pants upper. always stay on. So I don't know. He loves gin and I love tonic. it. That's so funny. There you go. Who was your first celebrity crush? Ooh. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Probably the most prolific one that I can remember is Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I still yeah, think is that's gorgeous fair. to this day. He's great. Yeah. I, I think he's gorgeous and I'm not attracted to men. And maybe go. that's because I would like to be like him, but yeah. I think he's awesome. I love Zac Efron. Yeah. I, I, and also that's a good Eva choice. Longoria. Oh, well, yeah. She's, I was watching, I Desperate, watching Housewives her on Desperate Housewives. Just, like, mm. You know, there's, there's Eva Longoria who was like with that gardener in the show. And the gardener mm-hmm. was gorgeous, but I was sitting there going, yeah. oh my God, Eva Longoria though, why is she getting no love? Why is everyone into the gardener? Right? She's, I I was always into it, her. I, I was like, Gabrielle is the sexiest mm-hmm. woman on television. Absolutely. And she was, oh, I couldn't believe she was with Carlos. Bless Carlos, but ugh, no And thanks. honestly, she wasn't even that nice of a person and maybe I liked her no. more because of it. <laughs> I think so. I think so so too. I was like, yeah, you (laughs) so gorgeous. I was like, you can be mean to me anytime you want. Yeah. (laughs) Um, when you go dancing, what's your like go-to dance song or like the one that like comes on and you're like, I gotta get on the dance floor. Uh, I love call me maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, they don't play that very often, but, um, well, you should come to comedy bar because Gary Rideout Jr. Who is the owner every night at the end of the night, on on a Skechersen night, we used to play that song nice. on repeat for like hours. Love it. 
And um, I also love like uh, some of the older tunes. I love the the Spice Girls, Aqua, mm-hmm. um, those types of ones. And then also I listen to a lot of indie music. So there's some artists I've been yeah. listening to a lot right now. Um, Caleb Rudy is a bi artist and his new oh, song cool. is called uh, Teen Movie. And it's so catchy. Ooh. I highly recommend oh, I'm you gonna look that up. a great music video for it as well. I am. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited. He does. I have um, to tell you though, he does yeah, a yeah, moment yeah, where while doing choreographed dance, he removes his sweater. While doing choreographed Whoa. dance, it looks like the most challenging Ugh. thing I could possibly imagine, and he does it flawlessly. People who can really dance, I'm always so jealous of. Yeah. Like, who can, like, really do, like, sick choreographed dance? I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I wish my mom had put me in dance instead. Of, but I played a lot of sports as a kid, so that's, that's that. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it's 2 a.m. What are you watching? Uh... America's Got Talent. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, That show's so fun. Yeah, it's fun. I watched the American one, the British one. I know that, like, um, you know, there's been some articles and stuff about how, like, the show's Mm -hmm. probably not something we should be supporting. Um, But it's fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's fun. They're giving opportunities to people. Uh, There's some element of these things that aren't perfect. Right. Yeah, of course. It's what can you do? What can you do? Okay. And finally, the party's just come to an end. Everyone's going home. You're heading home too. How do you want to be remembered at the party? The fun one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I want to be remembered as the one who told that really good joke. Uh, Because usually I tell a hundred jokes and only one of them's funny. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) you want to be like that Mac, I just told the best joke that like that made the party the best. I love that. That's very fun. I'm I'm just the kind Um, of person that I'll just keep spurting up the jokes, even if people aren't laughing, because I know that one (laughs) of them will be funny. So one of them will hit and people will be like, yes, I love that. That's uh, that's so funny. I love that, though. That's great. Just keep that's consistent. That's consistent. And I like it. Well, Mackay, this has been a delight, an absolute delight. I'm so glad to have met you now, now that we know each other yeah. officially. This is so lovely. Um, what's what's next for, where can people find Fearless and what's next for Fearless, I guess? Well, uh, you can find Fearless on the App Store or Google Play. Mm-hmm. Just download the app, get your free trial. You've done it already, so this is more for your listeners. Yes, um, and, yes, and I'll put it in the description as well. Oh, so. amazing. There's a description on podcasts. I'm learning yeah. new things. Um, but there's no comments, right? So nobody can say, I hate this so much. I mean, if pe- if somebody leaves a negative review, but I, I don't think people have the time to do I that. I hope not. So Leave the positive I, ones. I think you're good. I hope not. So many Come people on, have please. left negative reviews on, on Fearless. Like, the one has been so funny. Someone left a review that said, this app is horrible. It's chocked full of female and gay shit. So you know how the developer can respond? I said, thank you so yeah. much for the kind compliments. <laughs> You're like, what do you what did you think you were getting? I don't know, uh, but like, person? like it whenever hate things come in, I like to 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 throw back something either mm. comedic or um or just something that spins it on its head. Because I think yeah, of oftentimes course. like to comments like that, you know, people would feel upset. 
And it's like, why feel upset? Mm -hmm. This is someone who has nothing better to do and they're leaving a mean comment. I mean. Exactly. Nothing better to do and also clearly didn't read what they were getting. (laughs) Like, didn't do their research. Well, I don't know. We don't want oh them on the goodness. app anyway. It's not for them. I know, right? You know? It's not for Get, you. you know, Get out of here. Away. Go find something else. <laughs> but yeah, so people... And where can people... People can download yeah. the app. Uh, you can also follow Fearless at Watch Fearless on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, etc. If you want to, like, share some Fearless GIFs, you can, like, go in your Instagram story. You could just search Fearless, and then the Fearless GIFs will come up, which are fun. Oh, or stickers we will or whatever they call them these sure. days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, amazing. And then if you want to follow me, I'm at Matt Kai Burmaster on Instagram and Twitter. We'll just say that. I'm on Facebook too, but nobody uses <laughs> Facebook anymore. Facebook is for the moms, I think, right now. So yeah. that's fair. Instagram, Twitter, I guess TikTok. It's Snapchat. Yeah, I'm, on, the, t- I'm on TikTok <laughs> too. Snapchat, I'm on there, but uh, I, I say I'm not because, you know. Yeah, I, I don't don't use it. haven't used it in a long no. time. So really, it's it, well, this, it's, it's all about uh, Twitter and Instagram for me. Twitter and Insta, same. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. This was a blast. Yeah, I had fun. I had such a wonderful time. I had a lot of fun. I, it was really nice meeting you, and we'll have to have you on again sometime. Yeah. And we'll definitely promote all the, the shit out of Fearless, because yeah, I love it. Good. I think it's such a wonderful And also, wonderful I just app. have to say before mm-hmm. I go, that if anyone yes. is like a Second City fan on here, which I imagine there are some... Uh, there's a series that was made in Toronto called Brennan and Victoria make rent. And it features I know a both whole of them. bunch of second city people in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, check oh, that amazing. Out. I didn't know that was on there. Yeah. I, Victoria, I know both of them. I taught Brennan and Victoria and I used to work at TIFF together. Amazing. They, they, I mean, awesome. we don't have an exclusive agreement with them, but they just lo- love fearless. So they've, pretty much made it exclusive so fearless is like the one place you're supposed to go to watch the show now so it's pretty awesome amazing i love that that's awesome check it out everyone oh my gosh thank you so much again matt kai for being here i really appreciate it thanks for having me matt kai burmaster everyone oh my goodness what a delightful wonderful human being oh i'm so happy to have met him i see a bright future for us as friends in uh well, the future. <laughs> uh, please make sure to follow Matt Kai on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Kai Burmaster, as well as make sure to download the Fearless app for iOS and Android to watch inclusive films and series, and you get a 14-day free trial. So, I mean, come on, folks. Check it out, give it a try, and then stick around for some more because it is truly a wonderful, wonderful app. I, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving my 14-day free trial. It is awesome. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at One More Round Podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at it's underscore Trisha Black. Oh my goodness, social media, am I right? We are also on Patreon uh, at www.patreon.com slash it's Trisha Black. If you're feeling like you want to help out the pod, there's lots of really, really fun um, little bonus things that you get that... Uh, pe- people who are not patrons don't get so i mean th- isn't that enough for you to want to um 
be a patron. <laughs> if you're loving the pod, please leave us a rating or a review or both. Uh, it allows people who are maybe just passing through on an episode to know um, what the podcast is like from uh, subscribers and listeners like you. And I really appreciate you tuning in every week. Next week on the pod, I have the wonderful the delightful, the funny. Oh, this person is so funny. It makes me laugh. Uh, incredible writer, storyteller, Annie Donahue. Oh my goodness. I am so happy to have her on the pod. She is a delight and just a wonderful human. And we're having some Snapple this week because we're both in a retro phrase of the 90s. So obvi- obviously it's going to be great. Oh, thank you once again for tuning in this week. Uh, it's so nice to, I know I can't hear you, but you're out there and I appreciate it. And of course, no East Coast Kitchen Party is ever complete without a musical number to see us off. So here is one for you now and we'll see you next week. Mwah.
Yeah.